Good morning. Welcome to church. How's everybody today? This Mother's Day. All right. Awesome. We're so glad to see you today and have you here if you're a guest. It is our honor to have you and we just pray that um, you would feel the warm welcome of, of God's people. We, we hope that we greeted you with a smile. And if you happen to have gotten past one of our greeters, uh, I'm greeting you now, okay? So we welcome you here. North Star is a place where everybody's welcome. Say everybody. Nobody's perfect. Look to your neighbor right and left. You'll see or look up here. North Star's a place where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and what they said. Uh, exactly. We welcome you here on Mother's Day, and we just pray that, that God has a, a, a personal message for you. Uh, we, we're one church with two locations. We welcome uh, those that are joining us online. And uh, we just pray that uh, the message today and the service today will be a blessing to your life. Before, before I really get started, uh, a couple of things that are coming up. I want you to write this down, this website address. It's marriedpeople.org. Marriedpeople.org. You say, well, Pastor, I'm not married. You may be one day. Okay? So write that down. This is one of the resources that... Our church is offering, and it's free for you to use. And uh, you go there and uh, soak it in, uh, look it over. There are all kind of resources found on marriedpeople.org. It's part of the orange um, concept that we're using church-wide, not only in our NS kids and our students, but this is a way that all of us can be a part of, of orange. And if you're not sure what orange is, Orange is when you take the heart of the family and you mix it with the light of the gospel and the light of the church, it makes orange. And so we are for our people, we're for our families, and we're for our community. And that's what uh, orange is all about. Uh, in our students and children's ministry and as kids, it's, it's so many resources to help parents. If you weren't familiar with this, to help parents, to help their kids. Can I get an amen? You glad that you, you came today? All right. I'm just checking. Uh, another thing that's coming up uh, is Fellowship in the Park. It's going to be at Ballard Park uh, on the 27th. You don't want to miss it. Do you hear me? we got four food trucks and uh, games for kids and you can do whatever you want to do. You can just hang out. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to bring my lawn chair, and I'm going to find a shade tree. And then I'm going to ask somebody to save my chair, and I'm going to hit all four of the food trucks. Can I get an amen to that? Yeah, yeah. I know what they are. I'm not going to tell you what they are. But three of the four are, are new for us, and uh, you'll walk up to the window. It's five bucks. It, it might be a $10 meal five bucks to you. We try to make it uh, family friendly and uh, so it wouldn't cost you so much. And uh, so we're going to have a good time. I'm going to bring $20 with me and don't ask to borrow any of it. I'm going to get up all four of them. Um, regardless of what they give you, it's five bucks. 
So uh, that's exciting. Also coming up is Summer Blast. Summer Blast. It's going to be awesome this year. And you can sign your child up and sign up as a volunteer for right out in the, the foyer. It, it's going to be incredible. The theme this year is out uh, and it, living for God's glory. And uh, sign up to volunteer for that. You say, well, I've already checked the dates. I'm going to be unavailable. But you can serve by bringing food or, or serve by praying. And there, there are all different levels of, of participation for Summer Blast. Please stop at the table today. Marsha, our children's minister, will be out there. All right? You ready to get into the Word? All right, today we are continuing our series on who we are as a church. And as the video uh, so eloquently put it, it's real easy to get distracted, right? Sometimes we'll, we'll be needing to do something else, but we're focusing on something else. Or, or we, we're, we're focusing, we're trying to focus, but we get distracted. And so what our core values as a church do, they help keep us focused. If you come up to me and say, Pastor, what do you think about, I, I look at our core values. I look at what the Bible says, obviously, but I look at our core values. This is, this is who we are as a church. And so today we're going to be looking at the, the very next core value. And that core value is we are disciple makers. We are disciple makers. Now, one of the worst things that ever happened in the church, now listen very carefully because I don't want you to leave here with misinformation. One of the worst things that happened to the church when the church was founded in the book of Acts, one of the worst things that happened in church history is when the church got organized. Now, don't, don't misunderstand me. We have to have organization. I, I get that. We, we do organize. But, but what happened, there came a point in church history, in the early years of the church, that they were, they were going house to house, studying the Bible, fellowshipping together, gathering for corporate worship as, as upward as 20,000 would gather in the temple courts and they would worship God. That's mega church. And, but they, they were sharing the gospel. They were winning people to Christ. But something happened along church history as we brought in man-made parts to the church and we, we, the church got so focused on doing it a particular way that they backed away from actually winning souls and making disciples. They started saying things like, well, I just don't have time. And wh what do we pay the staff to do? After all, I mean, isn't that the apostle's job? Isn't that the pastor's job? I mean... I'm going to bring my kids and let the church teach my kids. No, time out. We want you to bring your kids to church, and we want to teach your kids. But the reality is, on the best year, we have 40 hours with your kids. We want to teach your students, but on the, on the best year, we've got 40 hours. And so, 
I guess I said all of that to say it starts at home, and discipleship does start at home. And so, as as we gather today for this core value, and our, our core values are, they're, they're not Scripture, but they're based on Scripture. And each one of these messages is a message from Scripture. Now I want to read the, first core, uh, the third core value. We are disciple makers. We prepare disciples to fulfill their purpose. We believe discipleship is a mindset. A mindset that happens in relationships. We believe in making disciples and that making disciples extends beyond one location and community into others through church planting and multi-sites. We are equipping leaders and preparing the next generation. So if you have your Bibles, take them and turn with me. We're going to read from... One of my favorite passages of Scripture in the book of Matthew, it's, it's, it's the first book of the, of the New Testament, the last chapter, chapter 28. Scripture says, therefore go, let me set this up, Jesus had already been on earth for 33 years, uh, at the age of 30 he began his public ministry, and it started when he was Uh, led into the wilderness by the Spirit to be tempted for 40 days. He came out. He was baptized by John the Baptist, his cousin. He lived his life. He did ministry. He served. He said, I've come to serve, not to be served. He did all of this stuff, and then ultimately he went to the cross for a crime he did not commit, to pay a debt that he did not owe, and he died on the cross for the sins of the entire world. They laid him in the tomb. On the third day, he rose from the dead, and he made appearances for 40 days to over 500 different people, different groups, different individuals. And now, Matthew 28 is at the end of those appearances. He's about to go to heaven and be seated at the right hand of the Father, right after this. Therefore, he said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Go and make disciples. That's our job. Uh, making disciples, if you're taking notes, there, there are two parts to this, this service. I like doing things different, don't you? So if you're accustomed to, to start doing something when I pray, because that's usually the end of the service, like don't be gathering your purse, ladies, not guys. Don't, don't be getting your, your, your water bottle, because when I pray, it's not over. Are you with me? Say amen. When I pray, it's not over. That's all I'm going to say. So if you're taking notes, there are two parts. One, we're going to be talking about making disciples. And two, we're going to talk about how to make disciples. So first of all, making disciples is the central element of the mission for every believer. Making disciples is the central element of the mission 
for every believer. In other words, it's pretty important. It is a command to follow, not an option to consider. When Jesus said go, he's talking to, to the, his followers, but future followers, and that's us. He said go and make disciples. Go and win souls? No, he said go and make disciples. Yes, you win souls, obviously. But the words that Jesus spoke, the words that came out of his mouth were go and make disciples. There was a guy, uh, maybe you've heard of him, he wrote a, a, a classic book. His name was Robert Coleman. And you know what the definition of a classic is? Everybody has heard of it, but nobody's read it. Anyway, he wrote one of those books, and it was called The Master Plan of Evangelism. I've got a copy somewhere. God only knows where it's at, but I've got a copy. I've read it several times. The Master Plan of Evangelism. He is, he is like incredible author and speaker in his day. This is what he said. The Great Commission that I just read, the Great Commission is not merely to go to the ends of the earth preaching the gospel, nor to baptize a lot of converts into the name of the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, nor to teach them the precepts of Christ. And all of those things are important. But he said, it is to make disciples to build men like themselves who were so constrained by the commission of Christ that they not only followed Jesus themselves, but led others to follow him too. We're to, we're to go to make and go and make disciples. It is our vision statement at North Star. Our vision is to glorify God, really, period, right there. But we glorify God by making disciples of all nations. That means in Uganda. I was talking to the Ugandan pastor last week in my office. It means to the Philippines. I'm, I'm talking to those pastors on a regular basis. It means to China. It means to Haiti. It means around the world. And listen, and across the street. Sometimes it's easy, or seem, seemingly easier, to do missions across the sea than it is across the street. You know why? Anybody know why? You don't have to answer out loud. Do you know why? I want you to think about it. Because the people on the other side of the world don't know you like I know you. You know what I'm saying? They don't know me like my neighbor knows me that drives by my house three times a day. So sometimes it's easier to be bold around people we don't know than it is to be a neighbor in our community and to share the gospel in our community. One time uh, I was on a plane headed for Manila uh, actually, this flight was, had left Detroit, and it was going to Tokyo. And I'm, I, it's a 12-hour flight. Isn't that crazy? Go with me, and let's do missions. But it's a 12-hour flight. That's a, that will dampen your joy. Uh, I got on a flight in Atlanta last year, and I was expecting, I thought, okay, it's going to be like Detroit to Tokyo, 12 hours. They got on the plane. I had already set my watch to do a count, my phone to do a countdown. Because I'm ADD and man, 12 hours on a plane. 
I mean, that's crazy. Got on the, they, they came across the intercom and they said, welcome to Atlanta. We're glad you're joining us today, headed for Tokyo for a short 16-hour flight. I, I like, I think I passed out. 12 hours, anyway. That was a side part. Real quick, uh, I'm sitting next to a guy from India, and uh, he's actually from Wisconsin uh, now. His name was Sam Dharan. I don't know if I pronounced that right, but neither did you. Uh, Sam, he, I, I, I started talking to him because I really felt like, you know, God was convicted me that I tell people to share with people in every opportunity that you get. And I thought, well, I can't go home and wouldn't even share the gospel with the guy sitting next to me. So anyway, uh, he was a strong believer. In fact, he was headed for China to teach uh, underground church pastors. So I started talking to this guy, and I'm thinking, I need to sleep some of this time. Man, if for hours we talked. I know he was thinking, this guy is never going to shut up. But I was taking notes. I got my laptop out. And this is one of the principles that he gave me, and I've never forgot it, and you might write it down quickly. It's simple. It's talking about Jesus coming to the earth. Here, here, here goes. He came. He saw. He saw, he did. He did, they saw. He did, they did. They did, he saw, he left. Isn't that good? That'll hit some of you like at dinner tonight. But that's the great commission. He came to the earth, he saw, they started watching him. He did it. They started doing it. And then he knew he was about to leave, so he watched them do it. And then he, then he left. Matthew 28, he left. And so we are to make disciples, just like Jesus made disciples. Now, this is what I know. The criteria upon which any church should measure success is by how many Christians are actually winning souls and training them to win the multitudes. We can't measure our success by our budget, by how many people attend. We measure success, church, it is at our core by how many disciples that we're making. Here's another statement, and I want you to write it down. True conversion leads to lifelong discipleship. True conversion leads to lifelong discipleship. So we... As a church, need to be making disciples. Jesus said in the Gospel of John, he said in chapter 15, verse 8, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. How much fruit? Some? No, much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciple. So what that tells me, is that everyone who follows Jesus is to be a disciple maker. Everyone who follows Jesus is to be a disciple maker. So my challenge to you is, take that 
charge, that command that God gave us, and go and make disciples. Heavenly Father, thank you for today, and thank you that we can come together and, and talk about these important issues, and Lord, I thank you that as disciple makers, that you will grow this church, grow your kingdom for your glory in Jesus' name. All right, so how do we go about becoming a disciple maker? The very first thing that we've got to do is we've got to own the assignment. We've got to own the assignment, as Pastor T was just saying. It's something that we've all been called to do. Every single one of us is called to be a disciple maker. As Jesus was saying that there in the Great, in the great Commission, the cool thing about it is we see different, uh, I don't say versions of it, but that's kind of what it was in the other Gospels and even in the book of Acts. We see Jesus telling people, and it wasn't like he was just telling one person. And it wasn't like he was just talking to the twelve either uh, in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 1, when he is given that charge, that commission to go and make disciples, there was a large crowd there. There was over 120 people, uh, scholars tell us, that was there at that setting. So the idea that it's just for a select group of people, that's not true. So we've got to own the assignment. Nobody gets a pass. Nobody gets a pass and say, okay, that's not something that I need to do or I can get away with it. Somebody else is going to handle it. No. Now, true, there are some people that their spiritual gift is evangelism and they just have a a gift for. They have a talent um, that God has just blessed them with to truly be able to communicate the truths of the gospel. But God has gifted us in, in, in all kinds of different ways as believers. And so as believers, what we're able to do is take the gifts that God has given us and use that as a means of making disciples. So all of us have the opportunity, all of us have the responsibility nobody passes on it we all have to be disciple makers so we need to own the assignment the other thing that we need to do is we need to understand the method we need to understand the method of how we go about doing that so let's let's break it down just really really simple I like I like simple steps and understanding how to do things so the very first thing that we need to, to I guess to get an understanding on is well what is a disciple maker well a disciple maker is a person that makes disciples It's not all rocket science. I mean, it's basic, you know, as far as that. So it's a a disciple maker is a person that makes disciples, but let's go a little bit deeper. What's a disciple? Well, a disciple is a person that follows or patterns their life and their actions off of somebody else. When you look at Jesus's time, one of the the names that uh, Jesus was called, the way that people referred to him, was his rabbi. Now, a rabbi was a Jewish teacher, and there were many, many rabbis uh, that were around during the time that Jesus was, was active here on earth. And so, each of those rabbis had disciples. They had people that listened to the things that they said, listened to the way they taught, and said, hey, I like that. I want to follow this guy. And so those individuals were known as that teacher, that rabbi's disciples. What made Jesus different amongst all the other rabbis, all the other teachers, was he was the only one that had the truth, had the way for eternal life of salvation. And that's what set the disciples apart. They realized there's something different about this guy. So, Our responsibility, how we are supposed to act as disciple makers, is we are to help people understand, help explain to people their need for a relationship with Jesus Christ. And once we explain to them that need, and once they receive Christ, once they decide to become a Christ follower, is we help them in those beginning steps, in those beginning stages of continuing to follow and mature and to grow in that relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, today there are still a lot of teachers and there's still a lot of rabbis. Um, it may be secularism. 
Um, it may be uh, personal wealth. Uh, it may be career. Um, there are all kinds of different things that people are trying to follow after. And as disciple makers, we need to help navigate people through all the, all the noise, all the other things that they hear, and help them to understand that Jesus is the one that is different amongst all of those other teachers, all of those other minds of thought. It's through a relationship with Jesus that we're able to have eternal life. So what we're to do is we're to help get them uh, to that understanding. And then once they become a Christ follower, we don't want to just leave them there. We want to help them understand those next steps to be able to grow and mature in that relationship with Christ. It's like when a baby is born... Uh, you've got to take care of all their needs. You've got to feed them. You've got to clothe them and all that and help them understand. But as they get older, they're able to do things on their own. So what we're able to do is help get them into a position to where they are able to grow, to be discipled, and to be true followers of Jesus Christ. Now, the method for that is if we're going to be with people, we're going to interact with people, we've got to be in the presence of other people. Uh, in the book of Deuteronomy, there's really a clear... Um, kind of set of verses that kind of explains what that process looks like. Um, if you got your Bibles or you can look on the screen in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Now pay attention to what's said in verse 7. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away and when you lie down and when you rise, bind them as a sign on your hand, fix them as an emblem on your forehead, and write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. What Moses was telling the people here is this idea of, of, of following God and having a relationship with him. It's not something that's just supposed to be set aside, that we have um, this little compartment. This is our church compartment. And on Sundays, we get our, you know, our nice clothes and we dress up and we go to a church and we have a worship service. And then once it's all over, then we go back to doing the regular things and lean our lives. It doesn't work that way. What Moses was trying to help the people understand is God needs to be a part of every single aspect of your life and everything that you do and everything that you're surrounding, God needs to be a part of that. Now, in the relationship part of it, first of all, Moses is telling them, hey, it needs to begin at home. So talk about these things with your kids. And then as you're going and as you're doing, and as you're living your life in every single aspect of your life, you have opportunities to talk to people, talk to your family, uh, kids especially, but talk to the people in and around your life about God and about God's stuff. It doesn't have to be awkward. It doesn't have to be, a, oh, okay, we're going to set aside three hours. We're going to have this in-depth conversation. No, it's developing and being in relationship with people so that you earn the right to be heard and you earn the right to be able to speak to them about something that's important to you in your life. Now, Here's the thing, though. We now kind of live in a society, in a, in a culture where we like to have me time. Uh, we like to have that uh, focus on ourselves, and we like to be private people. And uh, there's been a lot of uh, sociological studies on how uh, back in the day, that's way back, y'all know when the day is, um, people had front porches. And society revolved around those front porches. And if you were out on the front porch, I mean, tell you, you were available to talk and people walking through, they'd come up, sit on the front porch with you and they'd have these conversations. Well, in a lot of your home design, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of your home designs now, you don't see a lot of emphasis on the front porch. It's out on the back. And we've got our back patio and we've got gazebos and we've got outdoor kitchens and all these things to have a place that is private uh, away from everybody else to communicate and do things and have time with your family and all of that. And I'm not going to say that that's a bad thing in this shift in culture, but here's the thing that we look, if we look at the pattern of the way Jesus did things. There were many times where we see in Scripture that Jesus 
pulled away from the crowds and he pulled away from the disciples and he got off by himself. And there are a lot of times that he sent the crowds away just so he can have some time focused with the disciples. So even looking at the model of Jesus, there's nothing wrong with having time to yourself and having time with those closest to you. However, Jesus was very purposeful and at other times going to where the people were and going to where the crowds were. And even if it wasn't a large crowd, it was just a person. Remember uh, in John 4, once the story of uh, Jesus and the woman at the well, Jesus was just sitting there at the well and a woman came to him and he engaged her in conversation. She wasn't looking for a sermon. She wasn't looking for a talk. He purposefully engaged here, engaged her. So there's got to be a balance within our lives. It's okay to have that time of, 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 of being with family and being to ourselves, but there's also times that we've got to purposefully engage other people in conversations, talking them to them about God, talking to them about spiritual things. It's the method that God has for us and how that we're supposed to go about and share the good news with people. Well, the next thing that we need to do after we understand the method is we've got to be ready with a plan. We've got to have a plan on how we ourselves can be grown as a disciple and then help us as we understand how to become a disciple maker. One of the biggest things that we've got to be doing within our own lives is we've got to be growing as a disciple ourselves. If we are not growing ourselves in Christ's likeness, then we are not going to be an effective disciple maker. We're not going to have the tools. We're not going to have the understanding. We're not going to be able to, to, under, uh, to answer difficult questions because we have not been growing and we have not been following cr- close to Christ ourselves uh, in our own lives. In a growth track too, it's a growth track that I teach. It's a, a understanding our spiritual maturity. And in that class, we talk about four disciple habits that every believer needs to have if they are going to be growing as a disciple and growing in discipleship in their life. And two of the biggest ones are the first two that we talk about. We talk about spending time in God's word. And then we also talk about spending time in prayer. So as Christ followers ourselves, if we are not daily on a regular basis spending time in God's Word, and we're not spending time with God in prayer, then we're going to be lacking in that growth and development of our own spiritual uh, maturation. So we've got to be spending time with Him and allowing God to speak to us and speak to our hearts so that we can be growing and understanding more and more about Him. It's not about understanding facts. Uh, We can learn a bunch of facts and we can learn a bunch of details. There are books and books and schools that you can go to that you can learn all kinds of facts about God and having a relationship with him. Now, what God calls us to do through his son Jesus is he's calling us into relationship. And as we grow in that relationship with Christ, we're able to better explain that to other people and going to have the tools that we need. And God's going to be working through us so that we can be disciple makers and tell other people about how they can have a relationship with him. So we've got to be doing that on our own end. But see, we've also got uh, other methods available uh, to help train you, to help you understand how you can be a better disciple maker. Uh, several times a year, and I think we've got one scheduled uh, for later on this, su- uh, this summer, uh, we have a class that talks about th- the three circles uh, conversation, and it's a means of being able to explain to people how they can have a relationship with Christ. And it's very interactive and helps you look at the things that's going on in their life and be able to, to have those God conversations to draw them into it. Um, growth Track 4, which is our uh, growth track that talks about uh, missions and evangelism in that class we talk about different ways that you can share your faith. And there are all kinds of other resources, all kinds of different means uh, that you can learn to help you as you seek to tell other people about how they can have a relationship with Christ. Um, also, another great one to fall back on is you tell people about your experience 
how you received Christ, what, what made that change in your life and how you invited Christ into your life. So you've got you've to have that, 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 that plan ready so that you can be ready when the time comes to, to talk to somebody about that, which leads us to the next thing other than uh, just being ready with that plan is to make the invitation. Make the invitation where you invite somebody uh, into a conversation so you can begin having those conversations about God things, about spiritual things. Uh, and again, it takes being involved with people and being involved in their lives. Now, it doesn't have to be from the get-go very in-depth. You know, sometimes you may just have a, a, a God opportunity where you just have five, ten minutes uh, to talk to somebody about the importance of having a relationship with God. And there you want to be very pointed, you want to be very uh, succinct and, and just ready uh, to be able to talk about those things. But a lot of other times it's through relationships that you already have. You've got a relationship with somebody that you work with, you know, your kids that are in your home, and you want to talk to them and help them understand about things of God. And so within that, you're inviting somebody into the, into the conversation and being very purposeful that this is a person that I know, I'm pretty sure that they don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and I'm going to begin to purposefully engage them in those conversations. So that's one thing you can do. Another thing as far as an invitation goes is invite them to your small group. Within your small group, the majority of our small groups, they don't meet here uh, at, uh, at one of our campuses. Uh, they meet in individuals' homes, and you can invite somebody to come to be there with other Christ followers just to study the Bible, to find out more about what this God stuff means. If you are developing that relationship with them and already talking about them about God things, that would be a natural thing for you to invite them to. And also, of course, being uh, coming to one of our worship services and other special events that we have. But it's realizing that if I invite somebody, there's the good chance uh, that they'll come. So be bold and make that invitation and invite somebody to one of the things, to have a conversation with them or invite them to things that are going on here at North Star. Now, the thing that usually ends up happening that sometimes holds us back uh, from being a disciple maker and entering into those conversations is we begin to make excuses. So what we need to do is we need to stop making excuses. We need to stop making excuses and not allow those to hinder us anymore uh, from being faithful to share the good news with folks. Um, one of the things that we'll sometimes fall back on is, well, you know, I, I just don't know what to say. Well, you know, we've talked about some of those things, but as you go through uh, some of these different trainings, as you begin to have conversations with folks, you'll learn some of the things to say. It'll become a little bit more natural to you. Uh, a lot of times we can just talk about what's going on in, in that individual's life, and that gives you some guidance and direction to know what to say within that conversation. Um, something else that sometimes holds us back is an excuse uh, that we have is like, well, you know, when I, when I talk to people about Jesus or I talk to them about, about God things, uh, it, it, it just feels weird. It just feels awkward. Well, that's okay. It's okay for it to feel awkward. Um, but what we need to do is we need to push through that awkwardness. We need to push through that, okay, this is a little bit weird. Because here's one thing that happens as you begin to talk more and more uh, about Jesus and begin to have those conversations with folks and with a little bit of training and a little bit more experience and practice in that. You, know, you can have conversations in your head of, okay, how would this conversation go? If I was talking to this person, what would I say? You know, we do that on other things. You could do it with this as well. But as you begin to have those conversations, you'll find that it's less awkward. It doesn't seem quite as weird anymore because it's something that we've allowed to become natural as a part of our life. You see, it's real easy for us uh, to talk about things that we really, really love and things that we really, really care about. Um, like for instance, um, this past week I had two really, really cool things that happened in the life of my kids. 
Okay, I'm going to stop there. That was an example. See how natural and easy for it was for me to talk about uh, my kids? Uh, for, for a lot of y'all, it's real easy and real natural for you to talk about your kids. Or if your kids are driving you nuts because you, you're sleep deprived, um, football season rolls around, we can talk about football or we can talk about this recipe or we can talk about this or that we're doing. We can find all these other things that we like to talk about and it's comfortable, it's natural. We know how to, to bring it into conversations and it's not weird. We can do the same thing in talking about, about God and bringing Jesus into conversations to help people understand. It's just being intentional about it and allowing it to be natural and realizing that we've got a message that people need to hear. Uh, another excuse that sometimes people throw out is, you know, I just don't have time. You know, you may not have five hours a day that you can devote uh, to sharing the gospel with folks, but as you're seeking to develop relationships, you've got 20 seconds. You have a minute. And as we're seeking to develop relationships, what we're doing is we're getting to know the person, we're getting to know the things that are going on in their life, and we're earning the right to be heard. So when that time rolls around, when we can go into a deeper conversation, we've got that opportunity and we've earned the right to be heard. Uh, Most of us see... I think if you do three meals a day, seven days a week, some people a little bit more, some people a little bit less, but, you know, we've got the opportunity to average 21 meals during a week. If you take one or two of those, whether it's an early breakfast, uh, whether it's lunch, half hour, 45 minutes, you're having a conversation with somebody, you've invited somebody to go to lunch with you. And in the midst of that time, it's not necessarily time for you to hit them over the head with a Bible, but just to begin that relationship and begin talking to them about what it means to have a relationship with God. You can take advantage of the things that are going on in their life and use those as jumping off points to work God into the, to, to the situation, to help them understand that there is a person that loves you. There's a person that can give us God in some direction life. When we're going through difficult times, we're never at it alone because God is always with us. And you're able to talk about those things because you've got a relationship with the person that happens because you have strategically made time uh, to talk with them. Another excuse that we have is, you know, I'm just not capable. I can't do it. Well, you know, you may be right on that one. You may not be able to. But where did anybody ever say that you've got to be doing it all by yourself? Remember the, 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 the scripture that T led off with uh, this morning the, with the Great Commission? It talks about being disciple makers and we're going to make disciples and baptize them and all that. And at the very end, remember Jesus says, and surely I am with you always. So whenever we're having those conversations and trying to tell people about Jesus, we're not having to rely on our own power and own strength. We've got the resources of God at our disposal. As, as, as Christ followers, we have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us. It's going to guide us in what to say. So we may not be capable in and, in and by ourselves, but with the power of God and work in our life, then we are able to. We are able to use Him and allow Him to speak through us. And... Um, Every time in the Bible when God decided that he was going to do something, uh, it always worked out the way God wanted. <laughs> it just happened that way. So when God isn't working in our lives, God's going to give us the words to say to be able to have those conversations and guide them so we can explain and talk to them about Jesus. Very last thing uh, on how to be a disciple maker is we've got to start somewhere. We've got to start somewhere. Start at home. Start at work. Start at the, wherever you serve. Uh, you may be a North Star Kids volunteer. You've got the opportunity to be talking about Jesus and uh, sharing with our, our children about what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. The people that you work with, the people that you go to school with, you have opportunities to have those conversations. So start somewhere. Begin to have those conversations. Take advantage of, of those opportunities that you have to talk to them 
uh, about Jesus. See, here's the thing. I had a, had a professor in seminary. There's not a lot that I remember from seminary. There are probably about four or five quotes that have just always stuck in my mind. And one of them was a professor. He stood up in class one day and he said, in regards to sharing with people about Jesus, he said, don't pray for opportunities. He said, don't pray for opportunities. He said, the opportunities are all around you. You never see in the New Testament the disciples or the early church praying for an opportunity. What they did was they always prayed for boldness. And they prayed, God, give us the boldness to share. Give us the boldness to be witnesses for you. And so what we need to pray and ask God to do as we begin to start is, you know, those opportunities, those people that are all around us, there are lost people all around you. But we need to pray for boldness that when we see that chance that we have the boldness to speak and to share and to talk to people about how they can have a relationship with Christ. Because see, here's the thing. Here's, here's why this is one of our core values and this is why it's so important to us. You see, every single one of us, every single person in the world, they have a sin problem. And because of that sin problem, we are separated from God. And unless we are saved, unless we have salvation, unless we enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ, every single one of us, every single person is destined to spend eternity separated from God in hell. And that's the reality of the truth that every person is facing unless they have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's not what we want for people. We want people to have the relationship with God that we have. We want them to understand the truths of living for Him. We want people to become Christ followers. That's why being disciple makers is one of our core values. That's why it's important to us. And that's why we want to help you understand the call that every single one of us has to make disciples. We want to help them meet Christ, begin to follow Christ, and grow in that understanding of Him so that they can begin to feed themselves and then they in turn can make disciples. Pray with me. Father God, we're just so thankful. Uh, First of all, Father, that you're a God that loves us. God, we're thankful also that you are a God that has made it possible for us to know you. God, you, you have provided a way that we can have an intimate relationship with you. And Father, we're so thankful for that. God, I pray first of all for each of us in here, God, that personally in our own lives, uh, that we would be growing as disciples. Father, that we would be uh, growing more and more into your likeness and understanding and have a love and a passion for you. But God, I pray also that we would be faithful disciple makers, that as a church and as individuals, Father, that we would be faithful to realize the need that people around us have. Father, here in our community and even around the world, the need that people have for you. And God, that we'll be faithful and tell them about you. God, I pray for boldness uh, for all of us. God, that we will boldly share you with a world that needs hope. Um, If you'll just remain with your, your heads bowed and your eyes closed. We've been talking about making disciples, but some of you may be sitting here today and you are not a follower of Christ. You have never, ever entered into a relationship with him. And today you can. Today you can, you can leave here being a Christ follower. And the way that the Bible talks about that is it talks about that we call out to God. And um, one of the ways that we're able to do that is through prayer. And if today you realize that you don't have a relationship with Christ, but you need to. You need that direction. You need that hope in your life. And most of all, you need, um, you need his love and salvation that he so freely gives to you. Um, if today you need that, want to enter into that relationship with him, then in your heart, just silently pray these words and say, Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. And I know that my sin has separated me from you. Forgive me of my sins. 
Come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. If you pray that today and meant it, then just thank God for it and say, God, thank you for saving me. You see, God's true to his word and in his word, he says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so if you pray that today and ask Christ to come into your heart, he's there. You're now a follower of Christ. And what we want to do as a church is we want to help you now uh, to not just remain as a babe in Christ, but to grow into maturity and be a true follower of him. Uh, Let's stand. Father God, we're just so thankful for this day. Father, we're thankful for the calling that you've placed on us to be your disciples, to follow after you. God, I pray as a church, Father, that we'll just be faithful uh, to help people grow in your likeness, Father, to grow in discipleship. But Father, most of all, that you'll just give us a boldness and a passion and a desire to share you with others. God, the world needs you. Father, they need your hope. And God, you've chosen us to be your method to share the good news. God, just help us to be faithful to do what you've called us to do. In Christ's name we pray.